Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Welcome to ABG, Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern day Asian American woman. I'm Janet. I'm Mel. I'm Helen. I'm Philip. And I'm Tim. Today we have invited two very special ABB guests to explore just how different or similar ABGs and ABBs really are. In episode 58, we had two ABBs in their 20s on this podcast to have an open forum discussion with us. Today, we are upping the average age in this room with two ABBs in their 30s. This will be an open forum and a safe space to ask each other any and all questions. All right, so let's start with introductions. We have Phil and Tim. So once you share with our audience, you know, where you're from, where you currently live, your age, occupation, zodiac sign, and their relationship with us. So my name is Philip Wang. Um, I'm Helen's fiance. I'm also a co-founder of Wong Fu Productions. I grew up in the Bay Area. Uh, went to school at UC San Diego, now live in LA. I own a boba shop. Oh, I'm a Scorpio. Mm, one of those. <laughs> a proud, proud Scorpio. Uh, my name is Tim Huang. I am 37. I grew up in the SF Bay Area, um, actually with Phil, um, but I also live there now, uh, working as a pharmaceutical marketing executive. Uh, my zodiac sign is I'm a Sagittarius. Woo woo, Sagittarius. There you go. That's me. Um, and I actually know ABG in many different ways. I actually met Janet in college. Phil and I went to college together. And so over time, I also met Mel and Helen. Well, no, Tim, we're, we're more, more than just college friends. We are childhood friends yeah. from very, very early on yeah. in the Bay Area. Also, Phil, Lip, uh, Tim, and Janet danced together on the same dance team in college. Isn't that crazy? It's kind of crazy. That is crazy. That was like over 10 years ago. Not to age us, but... <laughs> <laughs> if I can be, make a technicality here, technically, Janet wasn't on the team at the same time uh, as me it's, and Tim. That's no, right. I was on the same the same time as you. Yes. Yeah. So I, <laughs> but not Tim. If this was a Venn diagram, I am the space in the middle. But That's true. the story that I heard was that Janet was so good that she left for a better team. Let's oh, not get into this. <laughs> that is possibly true. Let's not get into this. I actually oh, remember being a judge when Janet was trying out for our dance team. Wow. Oh, that's right. She yeah. was this very quiet, kind of nerdy-looking girl who, wear, who wore a Ralph Wiggum t-shirt. What? Oh, what? A Ralph Wiggum from The Simpsons. From The Simpsons. She had this t-shirt on with just Ralph Wiggum on it, and I was like, okay. It was a dance. This that's girl, what I wore for a dance audition. This girl was definitely not making the team. And then once we started getting into like, the hardcore hip-hop moves, like she killed it. So. Ooh. Great story. Where's the t-shirt, Janet? I don't know anymore. It's such a long time ago. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so we all know each other at some capacity for many years now. Uh, we're connected through personal relationships. We also hang out together socially, and I've taken trips together. And today, we're going to be asking each other some very interesting questions. 
So how this is going to go is we're going to cover a variety of topics, everything from lifestyle, career, dating, and any other topics. And we'll start each section with the ladies asking the men a few questions on a topic. And then we're going to flip the mic and then have the guys ask the ladies some questions. I mean, cool. everyone has mics, but yes. Flip, yeah. flip, <laughs> flip, <laughs> flip their mics. <laughs> I listened to the to the one that was of the 20-year-old guys with yes. Mike and Jason. Mm-hmm. And God, those guys were idiots. Wait, you think you're a lot more mature than them? So Ooh, much I more mature. So. This is the grown-up Starting version. some competition This is the adult here. table, okay? <laughs> I like it, I like it. Okay. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, Mike and Jason. <laughs> Today, we are going to be asking questions mostly related to lifestyle and career. Uh, So, Philip and Tim, when you were in your early 20s, how did you envision your 30s to be? And what is it really like? Um, As a cis male, I think I definitely thought by 30 I would have children and be married already. I think actually, like, I was, I remember in college totally buying into that what one thing that a lot of people said, which is um, 70% of, uh, of people meet the the love of their life in college mm. you remember when people like said that and like or, 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 meet, or meet their future wife and like i totally thought that 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 was what was supposed to happen mm-hmm. so i was freaking out like by, <laughs> by senior year yeah that obviously didn't happen i think like you know you're all whenever you're younger you all see like the next stage is like super super old so i i definitely thought that 30 was like super grown up Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of crazy to think how um, much is still up in the air, but I but I think in contrast, we are grown up. Sometimes I do have to zoom out mm-hmm. and 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 see like, oh no, like I'm definitely not at the same place as like, you know, someone that just graduated mm-hmm. or someone in their early twenties. I think being working at the cafe and being around people that age very mm-hmm. often re- constantly reminds me of just how much more responsibility I have compared to then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think Phil and I grew up in the same kind of general suburb life. Mm-hmm. So I think um, for me, I thought about, oh, in my 30s, I'd be living in a cul-de-sac and <laughs> would have a family and hopefully have a career that I enjoy doing, but also feel more confident in what that career is, right? And I think as you get older, you start to put those pieces together, but you also figure out when you want to pivot. And as you pivot, you know that, okay, as I'm getting closer to my 30s, maybe I might need some more time to kind of achieve those dreams or achieve Mm. those goals. So that's how I kind of think a little bit about. I never really thought about my career. (laughs) I know that sounds (laughs) terrible, but it's like, I think because of Wong Fu, it was just, we, we were just thrown in the deep end. There was no roadmap. There was no plan. So like, I never knew if I was on track or not, which I guess in some ways you could say is a blessing in disguise because that means that like, you know, you have no one to compare to, but mm-hmm. on the negative side is like, you have no one to compare to, mm-hmm. yeah. right? So you never know if you're doing things right. So yeah, still, to this day, I'm like, did I do everything right? I don't know. I do think like the structure might've been nice, but yeah, I, I didn't get that experience. Philip's never written a resume before or had an, a real formal interview. I interviewed With at... like NPR. But like... <laughs> <laughs> I interviewed for Target. I interviewed for Tapioca Express. Oh, yeah. That's mm-hmm. true. To push carts and make boba, but still... <laughs> I still had to interview. <laughs> well, I'm curious about what your core values were like, like maybe the top two or three back in your 20s and how that compares to your core values now, present day. Have those shifted or do you think they're basically about the same? Yeah, I mean, I think there are some things definitely that stayed the same. Um, and I think that is a combination of your upbringing, which sticks with you, but also maybe some things you, you kind of like go through in college, right? So for me, friendships and my community were always big. 
And regardless of where my 20s took me, I never lost sight of that. Um, I think one of the biggest things that changed for me was maybe how I think about um, actually money. I think in your 20s, your career starting off, you think about where do you want to spend your money. Maybe it's supporting your family. Maybe it's buying nice things. Maybe there's a certain level of, of living and lifestyle you want to have. Over time, for me, actually, experiences became a big thing. Mm-hmm. So saving money for travel or um, you know, planning things with my friends ahead of time and saving almost like together for those goals. Those, to me, um, were more important than like material objects, right? So you still want to be, of course, you know, passionate about your career and, and be able to make money, but the end goal of how you spend your money you know, may change. So that was mm. maybe something that was, that was different for me. Mm. I think like my true North has always, has been pretty much the same in terms of who I am, but I definitely will say like, yeah, I think there are phases in your twenties that I definitely went through where you are trying to still fit in. You're trying to seem like you are more established than you are. I, I will say that maybe, you know, my perception of, of like love has obviously changed a lot in terms of, um, what true love or what you're aspiring to have in a relationship has changed a lot. I think when I was younger, it was more about like, how does this person make me happy? How is this person, mm-hmm. what is this person adding to my life? Uh, versus, um, you know, I think when you get older and you've had more experiences, I've learned to start to think, how am I, you know, um, being a better person for my partner, I guess. I do want to mention one thing actually I just thought of, which is I think from my 20s to my 30s, my sense of pride in my heritage and culture mm. definitely evolved. Mm-hmm. I think that comes with, you know, learning more about your family, learning mm-hmm. more about even just people who are like you. And I think everyone then decides how much do they want to invest in searching into that and doing more for their culture. Um, you know, I even think about growing up with Phil. I think we were very aware that we were Asian American, but the amount of, um, you know, um, contribution to our Asian com- Asian community probably grew with time. Yeah, I think I think when you're younger like you you know you know you're what you are, you know maybe you're different or you know what makes you unique, but I think as you get older, you start to see how your identity affects all other parts of your life and so you want to try to be more purposeful with mm-hmm. I guess mm-hmm. how you treat your identity, how you um you know pass on or learn or or uh, share that identity with other people. So yeah, I, I, that's a good point. I think even with Wang Fu, like when we first started, like being Asian was obviously a huge part of our channel. But like we didn't, we didn't think it was so important to to um, make it a major. Um, like there was less intent behind it or a purpose. Yeah, it. exactly. Yeah, and then you know clearly now it's like oh we we have a lot more of that purpose um, for it. I think when I think of lifestyle in your twenties, I'm still in my twenties. Um, I see my guy friends. I think like even the way you. You're barely in your 20s, by the way, but okay, go ahead. (laughs) You know, I set the tip. Do you do know I'm almost 30 next year? Yes, exactly. um, I think even the way you celebrate or hang out with your friends, like socially, like going to Vegas. I think the other other night we were all talking about how you and Janet went to Vegas about 10 years ago, but the way you celebrated was very different. So socially within your friend groups, what's changed? I want to I want to say that like the way we party is like, I don't know if we're the best examples of this because I think I'm sure there's many other men that are in their 30s or even 20s that are already settled down and have children you know so i acknowledge that this is not everyone but i I still feel like not much has changed i feel like everyone goes through this phase in their mid-20s where they're like oh i'm retired i'm not partying anymore i'm over it 
And then like they do that for maybe like a year or two and then they realize, oh, I'm still in my 20s. I miss going out. And then they have this resurfacing of like wanting to go out or they like start making money mm. and they're like, okay, now I can actually have a, a good time. Like now I want to go out, right? So um, for me, like I, I feel like going out and socializing has been pretty consistent throughout throughout the last 10 years into my 30s. And if, if anything, now it's like kind of better because now we we know what we like, mm. you know, and and you'll seek out, like you said, those experiences. I mean, I think, you know, when you're, you make friends in college or shortly after college, you're starting from a very similar point. And so your world of experiences are actually very similar. And then as you move to different cities or start mm. different careers or make meet other different, new yeah, friends, new people, yeah. you almost create new components of who you are. And if you then go back to those friends who you've stayed close with, you can influence each other of what are those things that you want to like enrich each other with, right? So like, uh, let's say Phil plans a trip, you know, that I would have never thought about because he's my friend, I might be more willing to experiment and do that, right? And I think that kind of changes just how big your world is. And on the flip side, you also see which friends like you actually don't vibe with anymore or like, yeah. oh, we were friends during a period of time when we matched because of our situation or, you know, um, external factors or whatever. And then now when we have a choice of who we want to hang out with and what type of people we want to hang out with, then, then you do start to have less patience for putting up is the wrong word, but for, for like, but like, you know, going out with people that you're actually not that close to or that you don't vibe with mm. or spending time or like, if you have a new interest or a new hobby, it's like, yeah, I think I'd rather go build trains than go drink with, you know, my high school friend mm. or college friend. And that's totally fair. You know, I think that's what happens. And in our 30s, I, I think that's why, like, the friends that you get in your 30s, I think, are more fine-tuned to what, what you like. Yeah. yeah, definitely. People have this perception that by your 30s, you have your shit together, right? So it's like you guys said that um, you imagine when you're in your 20s at the 30s, you're going to be this adult. You have the big house. You have the fancy cars. Um, do you think that this perception is true? I think what, what I'm realizing uh, is just... As you get older, even though you have figured out what you thought was a mystery in your 20s, there's still new things like uh, that are being uncovered that you don't know. So while I would say that compared to, yes, myself in my 20s, I have my shit together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then when I, com- when I think about like being 30 and realizing what I have to do next, oh, I don't have that shit mm-hmm. together at all, right? So that's a good part of growing up where you, your, your perspective of life and of the world definitely broadens and you realize how big of a picture we're part of. And I think when you're younger, you're like, I just got to do this thing and this is, this is the most important thing right now. And if I don't do this, then it's the end of the world. And it's like, you know, universe willing, you will have time to figure it out, mm-hmm. you know? I think as a follow-up question to that though, it's like, do you then feel like there's always a moving target where when you were 20, you were like, okay, once I get here, I'm going to be happy. And then now that you're here, it's like, okay, well, I think by the time I'm 40, I have something completely different expectations from what my life is now. I think that might be personality-based. I think some people can attain something that they thought that they wanted to get and just be content with that. And I think that there's some people that are like, once they get it, they will never be satisfied, you know? Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah, I think there's a sense of, like, self-satisfaction right that you develop in your 30s where you know you know this is enough for me maybe in this category of life Mm. and to phil's point i definitely think there are different personalities where some people will never be satisfied and that will drive them to make certain decisions whereas other people i don't want to say they're simple i think they're just very focused and they know that if i can kind of keep certain things in my life at a certain level 
I'm very happy. I think it all does end up adding into what ultimately their lifestyle is like. Um, but that then plays into how you prioritize the things that you chase. So that moving target mm-hmm. versus I'm, I'm comfortable with where I am and this could keep me happy for the next 50, 60 years. Okay. Is this different from what the, the 20 year olds are saying? Like, I, I can't tell. Like, is this, I mean, a 20 year old, we started off with like, do you shave or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah. You know, I think we have a lot of listeners. Our, demographic is between like mid 20s and early 30s so this is a lot of good information for people who are in their 20s because i think during that period of time you are also in a time of like transition with like relationship and career and going from college to like really deep into your career so a lot of people are just in this gray zone so it's good to hear you know i think maybe because (laughs) i think maybe because we've been in, in our 30s for i've been here now for five years you've been here for seven years like it is. It does feel like, oh, yeah, this is just normal. This is mm-hmm. everyone knows right. this. But then, yeah. yeah, I mean, just just a couple of days ago, someone at the cafe came in and was like, I mean, they're a fan, but they're like, I just graduated, and like, I don't know what. Can you give me yeah. some advice? And I'm like, chill out. You're fine. <laughs> like, like you, you got time. You know, like, just keep moving, stay productive. You know. So, if you had to uh, select a theme for your 20s uh, versus your 30s, what would it be? Like, what, what would it be? What's like a mantra? I would say in my 20s. It was more about chasing romance. Aww. But my 30s is probably more about chasing life experiences. So it's not so much that you have to give up one or the other. It's more that that theme came out more in my 20s versus my 30s. Mm. Interesting. Is your focus more priority? Mm. Uh, I, I would say the 20s is, for me, was like, um, prove yourself. Be worthy. You know, uh, be, be enough so that people like you, right? Mm. And 30s is, I'm cool. <laughs> like, I'm going to sell boba. <laughs> no, I think, I think, um, sorry, I think 30s now is actually like, it's, it's in some ways more intense in that way, but like less detrimental, if that makes sense. I feel like 20s is like, I need to do all these things to, to prove myself, but I don't really know how, like, why doesn't this all make sense? And like now 30s is like, oh, I know what I need to do to accomplish those things. It's, it's, it seems more clear, I mm. guess, rather than, um, uh, hectic as I'm trying to and more focused yeah more focused mm. so would you say you're still chasing to, to be valued in your 30s or or no so so I think the chasing validation in the 20s was because I felt that like I was lacking something mm. and I think now I have the confidence where like I know I'm not lacking anything so the things that I'm chasing for validation is just to you know either make an impact or mm-hmm. or earn money or achieve some kind of goal mm-hmm. you know it's less like it's less from an insecure place yeah yeah all right the next question um how has partying changed for you in your 20s and now in your 30s Oof. i saw some photos from you know your 10 years ago and i was like it looks i tempting. still think we party pretty hard now <laughs> yeah i kind of agree really Okay, Mel has a presumption before she asks this question. <laughs> no, it's because, like, okay, obviously, like, I mean, because lately, the past few years, we've been more like, oh, it's we're chill, or we're going to someone's apartment, or we're drinking, versus, like, I think before, we, like, I saw your photos, like, bottle service, maybe, or, like, going out to clubs and mm. stuff more, so it has changed. That's true. That's true. So in my 20s, I definitely love going out and dancing. Tim was a party promoter. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Tim? Uh, I was an event planner, okay? An event <laughs> planner. But yeah, so in my 20s, I definitely love dancing. And in my 30s, I still like dancing. But it's more about getting your friends together, getting some good drinks, you know, going to a place you've never been to, less about, you know, actually going to like a club or a lounge for dancing. Mm. I think also like the, the nightlife culture was different like 10 years ago at this point too, right? Like clubbing was is not the same as it is 
But no. for uh, for us though, I think That's clubbing is still a big still a thing. thing. Yeah. I think I, I think when when in my mid twenties, I liked going out because yeah, you wanted to be wild. You wanted to have like. Who knows what could happen tonight? And you were okay with like, oh, who are we going to meet or yeah. where are we going to end up? And I think now definitely in my 30s, I'm like, I still want to have the extreme fun, but I also want to be responsible. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to know where we're going. Yeah. I don't want any surprises, you know? <laughs> if there's like a we- uh, some strange woman, I'm going to question, where have you been? What are your intentions here? <laughs> Whereas like, I think like when you're in your 20s, you're like, oh shit, there's this hot girl that's over there. <laughs> you know? huh, good answer, Philip. Yeah. Good answer, <laughs> That's a good point. I think in my 20s, I always wanted to meet new people every time I went out. In my 30s, it's a little bit different. If I happen to meet someone, that's great. But it's not really the goal of me actually going out each time. Right, yeah. I will say that I think for me, like, I, I feel like I've always been like the shot poor, the pre-gamer where I'm like, everyone take these shots before we leave. I mean, you, 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 has that changed? No, the thing <laughs> is that hasn't changed. But I will say the response from people has changed. Yeah. Mm. People are like, oh, no, I think this shot's going to like throw me off. I can't yeah. do this one. And, I'm just like, excuse me? And I think, I think that response comes from people having more confidence and self-awareness. Too. I think when you're yes. in your yeah, 20s, yeah, yeah. you're like, oh, I want to show I can hang. I'm trying to impress a girl. I'm trying to impress right. a guy. You can't say no. It's not right. as easy to say and no. Right. Now it's very easy to be like, nah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, I have I, nothing not, to prove now. You know? yeah, I have nothing to, yeah, exactly. And I would also say too, like, I mean, social uh, norms, gender norms aside, like, I think guys definitely do feel like they have to like buy drinks. Mm. So like when you're in your early, you're, when you're in your 20s, you know, that, that pressure to have to do that, it feels very um, strong uh, to show that you're a baller or yeah. that, you know, mm. that you can spend the money. I, I'm, I'm in a relationship now, sure. so I don't, I don't get the opportunity, not get the opportunity. <laughs> I, don't, the I don't have the obligation to have to flex that way. But like, do you feel, you know, that you still have to show that to women in your 30s? I better buy this drink. I would say it's not that I have to. It's more that now I have the means to, so I feel more comfortable doing it. Okay, okay. Versus in my younger years, like, oof, this is really stretching my budget. I mean, I really hope this person ends up hanging out with me. (laughs) And I will say, when a woman offers to buy the drinks, it is really nice because it does kind of go against what you typically expect in terms of the social norm at a bar. It shows that she's confident too. Yes. And she's also... um, in a probably like a well like you decent know job, decent like job yeah yeah there's like a mutual appreciation right we're both investing in each other to have a good time mm-hmm. i definitely do like remember like yeah like when you're younger in your 20s and you're you get that bill back for the drinks you just you just you know you want to like not react to yeah. it you know you just say all right i i know what i'm getting myself into so i'm just gonna act cool about this all right yeah 14 dollars a shot yep that's fine <laughs> That's totally fine. The worst part is when they actually charge you for the chaser and you're like, oh my gosh, why did I pay $4 for this little cup of Coke? Yeah. (laughs) I've gotten really good at chasing with just a sip so we can share. (laughs) All I need is just a little bit of a taste of something else. What about for you, ladies? I definitely remember in my early 20s, like, quote unquote, hustling more for drinks. It was like, kind of like, girl, you still trying to do that? (laughs) Don't do that anymore. I don't intentionally do that. Wait, sorry. Can you explain what, <laughs> like, what you would be, do? Honestly, it used to be like a challenge for me because they used to call me Ping Pong Mel. Oh, my, oh my God. God. I, I did not know Wait, this. What? what is this? My what? college friends know this. Like, I used to just, for fun, like, I like talking to guys, too. So when I was younger, I would, like, I would eye people. I mean, I still do that. But, like, I would try to talk to them and get a free drink and get a number. Oh, God. Wait, why you're Ping Pong? Because you're nice when I drink too much. I would literally bounce from guy oh. to guy to guy. Mm. The first thing I thought about was, like, Bangkok. Oh, King Pong. Oh, no. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I, I don't do that. Anyways, uh, but yeah, so I used to be more like, 
it was like a game. I'm not going to lie. It was a game when I was like 21, 22. But then I think as I moved towards my mid-20s, I didn't want to, like, I cared more about spending time with my friends going out and cared less about meeting people. You know what it's like? I feel like with, like, um, as girls, like, uh, become the age of drinking, they realize that they have this superpower. They're like, wait, I can get this if if I act a certain way. And obviously, like, whether we support it or not is a different topic. But it's like, I, I do think if I was a young girl and I realized that I could get free stuff, like, it, it would probably be, be fun. It could yeah. be fun. I, I actually have the opposite. I was so, I have, like, no game with that. And I would always go out and I'm like, I'm just going to buy my own drinks. I don't know. I was so, like, yeah. Because I had a lot of girlfriends that would go out and, like, that is a thing in your in your young 20s, right? It's, like, fun to go out and you want to meet people. Yeah. And, and, and I think, like, yeah, like, it's also guys play into it, too. Guys yeah, accept yeah. it. I mean, we, we joke about complaining about it. But we also know, like, yeah, like, that's that's part of the, the game, I yeah. guess. Yeah, actually, know? that's a good point. There is a bit of a power dynamic there. Sometimes I wouldn't let a man buy me a drink if I didn't like him. Oh, of because course. Because then it's course. like he's expecting something. Yeah. It's yeah. an exchange, right? Yeah, I was very selective of who I chose. I was actually I don't know. Him. When you say ping pong, it sounds like, you know how ping pongs work? They just go wherever. <laughs> Here's the thing. This is... This is, this is, this is like a lost ping pong ball <laughs> under the couch. Like, where did it all go? Well, this was obviously, you know, like... A made-up name by my friends yeah, versus yeah. I didn't get that so, that sure, name sure, to myself. Sure, sure, but like, also, I was trying to find a match. Yeah, 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 yeah multiple yeah. times a night. You know, but like sometimes wow. they, just weren't, they just weren't interested. Yeah, like, yeah. I try, I had the conversation. I'm like, oh, I didn't like this. Yeah, you know, I'm fair. I'm not like bye, bitch. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, how about you, Helen? Um, well, I'm like trying to think about like back in my twenties. I feel like it's it's been consistent. I feel like I've been pretty consistent with how I drink. I probably drink less, a little bit less now because I know how much alcohol I can take and what types of alcohol and all yeah. of that. But I've always, I feel like I've always had a boyfriend since college. So if anything, it was like the upperclassmen taught me to buy drinks for like the, yeah, my, my friends. And like, you know, so that is, I feel like something that I still do nowadays. Like, okay, let's go to the bar. Let's go get a drink. Let's yeah. go do that. And I don't wait for a guy to buy me a drink. I think I'm like Janet. Oh, yeah. It's more like I, I want to at least start the night with like, I'll buy my own drink. Oh, yeah. And then if anyone were to like, come up to me, I don't think I was ever like trying to eye fuck people. But, like, if, you know, they happen to, like, brush by me, then yeah. I'll just like, oh, okay. And then, you know, that might happen. But Yeah. yeah. It, it, it sucks because I, I think in, in, like, club bar culture, like, it's just, like, a, a space filler. Like, you, you meet, like, let's say you're not at the bar and you just meet someone here. You're going to say, oh, you want to go grab a drink. It's just the yeah. first yeah. activity. Yeah. You're not going to be yeah. like, hey, you want to play rock, paper, scissors? You know, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know? you know what also I think changed? I don't know about you guys, but when I'm in my younger 20s, I think I was more, like, Maybe I'll just buy myself a drink or maybe a few friends. But now it's like, and now that we make more money or in your late 20s, 30s, it's like, oh, I'll buy a round right. for more people. Yeah. It's like yeah. more um, generous, I guess, because financially. I, I actually never got into the round buying because like sometimes you lose track of that shit. And you're like, hey, yeah. okay, yeah. the rounds only went f- like three people in. Yeah. Where are the other seven? I think I started realizing that more in my 30s too. Because yeah. I think I was always like the, like, let's get 10. And I just see the bill and like, oh, that's okay. You know, yeah. you kind of like just sign off on it. Because like, 10, oh, well. 10 people means that... It's means over that, $100. That, oh, no. Yeah. I'm, like 10 people means that you're going to take 10 shots to make the full round around yeah. the group, right? Yeah. But Most yeah. people can't make it that far. So whoever's number 10... That's true. That's very <laughs> true. I did I did notice that too. Because usually, like, the thing is, I, I would always... There would always be someone second, third, fourth, fifth. And that's we just have a fun night because everyone's drinking yeah. then, right? Yeah. But yeah. you're right. 8, 9, 10 was always <laughs> the same people. <laughs> um, guilty. <laughs> <laughs> we know... <laughs> I try to get like 
one or two. Yes. No, actually, I'm the second round. No, I don't no. do the first round. I feel like I actually, in my 20s, I went out a lot with just like one or two other girls. So I did small, because you the goal is to go out and try to meet people. And then it's easier to meet a group of guys when you're a small group of girls. Mm-hmm. But then I think later in my 30s then, or like late 20s, early 30s, I would go out dancing to dance and I would go with friends. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to meet people. I'm there to like have a good time with friends. I, I will say that now that we're older and we thankfully, you know, do earn more money, it like you splurge a little bit on the table, the right. bottle service, or like getting in quicker. And yeah, part of it is also age too. It's like I want a place to sit. Yeah, <laughs> that's so true. Things are things are too crowded on the dance floor. Yeah. I would like to sit down. That's My true. old knees can't take this. That's true. I don't want to get trampled for an hour. <laughs> well, what was your favorite drink when you were in your twenties compared to your thirties now? Yeah. Alcoholic drink. Um, I would probably say, and I'm not saying I don't like it anymore, but maybe like a whiskey coke in my 30s i'm all about the dirty gin martini oh um, what? i think it's a great you know sipper drink um it has like a really strong but good alcohol taste um yeah so I, that's probably my evolution of I drink choice oh. you didn't you never went through a beer phase i never really liked beer i like beer you know with like maybe a on a hot summer day yeah but it was never my go-to Mm-mm. i would say in my 20s Definitely, like, a lot more... I mean, it's, it's it hasn't changed that much, but, like, I think when I first discovered, like, Hennessy and pineapple, mm. <laughs> I thought that that was, like, the most amazing thing. When I first discovered, uh, like, ginger like uh, ginger beer or uh, ginger ale with, like, Jameson mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or whiskey, like, I thought that was amazing. Yeah. I remember when I first experienced picklebacks. Oh, so oh, good. Mm-hmm. Like, I really love that. <laughs> so all those things, I think, like... I think, like, in your 20s, you just kind of, like, keep a catalog of, like, what you enjoy, and then it's continued. I, I will say, like, as you get older, you, you feel pressure to be like, oh, yeah, I like whiskey neat, yeah. you know? <laughs> like, and there's a moment for everything. These days, though, like, now because of health, I definitely will watch how much, like, beer I mm. drink. Um, I'll try not to do too many mixed drinks, like the sodas and stuff, and I'll just drink the straight alcohol. Shots only. <laughs> get the job done with the least amount of calories and carbs you know what about y'all i remember in my 20s when i found my drink and i would order i'm like okay oh, i get a jameson and ginger like i i felt confident knowing that i know what to order now yeah, yeah, yeah. like um i'll get the amf like you know when you're younger in your 20s like, oh, yeah. right you didn't yeah, know the hell you're drinking uh, jaeger bombs yeah, i remember right? that was a really common drink to get yeah. So, yeah for sure but um i still i still like dark liquor um i don't know if it's just our group but we still do shots in our third i mean i'm about to end my 30s but we still do shots, and I feel like a lot of my f- other friends probably don't do uh, shots. I don't know if that's just yeah, like yeah. a yeah. thing, or maybe we've done, we're doing less shots. Though? We're doing less shots for. I mean, Helen's like nodding along, I guess, as a drink, poor drink drinker, poor drink, drink poor, drink poor, I'm a poor drinker. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like you mentioned earlier, like we don't drink as much as as we used to. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think my first like drink of choice was influenced by my sister she she used to be like uh helen we only drink patron okay and i was like okay so i would always drink patron um and then i just i don't like tequila as much anymore but i think my go-to was like the typical cranberry vodka just so like when you approach the bar you know what to say like yeah, that was all, yeah. i didn't love it but it was like a okay this it is works. like a you expect me to get this drink, so I'm going to get this drink kind of a thing. Um, but now I would, I feel like we get a lot of Jameson shots. Hennessy and pineapple. I had a long streak of Hennessy and pineapple because my dad likes Hennessy. So I was like, oh, Hennessy. Mm. And the pineapple is amazing. But now it's like Jameson. It's uh, I do do like a vodka water with extra lemon for mm. the same reason of like, 
you know, it doesn't taste bad. It tastes actually pretty good and like no, like less sugar and, and things like that. What was yours, Janet? I would say um, it's probably similar to Phil. I feel like I went through evolutions where I just drank what was like, you know, what was popular or what my friends would order. So I definitely went through a Patron phase and then there was the Grey Goose phase. Mm. Um, We're and currently then... in the White Claw phase. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm currently in the trying to not get a hangover phase, which is like... <laughs> Everything gives me a hangover nowadays. Um, Same. Right? Yeah. I probably did a lot more shots when I was in my 20s, I would say. And then probably for mixed drinks, also just like vodka, vodka, whatever, like soda Mm. or anything. Um, Nowadays, tequila. I do. Yeah. I think the one thing that's evolved as I've gotten, like, I'm still not someone who's like a refined, like, I like this type of cocktail or whatever. Um, I love wine. I drink, like, red wine is my thing, but I'm not going to really order that if I go out to a club. (laughs) Um, So if it's like I'm getting, like, a liquor type drink, I will usually do the vodka, water, lemon for health reasons or a tequila. Tequila is actually one that I've discovered I actually, of the liquors I like to drink. Mm -hmm. But my issue is that like it's hard to find a good mixed drink that's like healthy-ish, you know, because you can have it in a margarita. But that's like if you go more like a daytime drink mm-hmm. by the pool. Mm. What how's the how's tequila and water? It's not good. I've tried it. Okay. <laughs> I would not recommend it. I, I actually love tequila and soda water. Good soda. Oh, really? okay. Yeah. Maybe it's the soda, soda water. water, but just like flat water. I was like, oh my god, how much is like straight up drinking like rubbing alcohol? So I think everyone in their twenties should try tequila, have a breakup with tequila, and then mm. as they get older, find a new better tequila and like that's true. Reamend the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I, th- I feel like a lot of reasons why young people don't like tequila is because they always have it last, and you're, you're already mm. drunk. And like mm-hmm. tequila is like, people are always like, oh, tequila is the craziest. And so when people are drunk, they're like, let's do tequila shots. And of course, tequila is going to push you way over. over the edge. And That's so you it? condition yourself to like think, oh, tequila is really bad. Does it have higher alcohol content? No, no, I think mm-hmm. it, it doesn't. It's just, I think. Idea, right? Just It's just like the last, it's usually people's like last thing that they, mm. that they do. But then at that point, you don't know what you're drinking. No, I feel like I feel like people like love saying let's do tequila like, as like the wildest thing. Yeah, I, don't know. Oh. I, I agree. I think tequila has that like party shot, you know, reputation. Yeah, yeah. But as you get older and you actually try tequila again, that's like the part that's important to like erase those bad memories right. and be like, okay, this is not so bad. Yeah, yeah. like you're not really shooting it um, out of a plastic bottle from the Seven <laughs> yeah. Eleven. You are having it in a cocktail, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You pick the one with the scorpion on the bottom. Always a winner. <laughs> I was actually thinking, like, did we were we talking about like these days when we go? I actually don't like buying drinks at the bar because I think because I know how much things cost, and I'm like, yeah. this is a really bad deal. <laughs> you know? I, would, I would rather pay for a nice cocktail versus, yeah. and at that point, you're not going to a yeah. uh, a club, right? It's True. like you go to a bar. Yeah. Thing. We do pregame really hard because we know how much it's going to cost at the club. Yeah. It's funny, like yeah. even it's though we have more money now, yeah. <laughs> we actually now we want to save smarter. it. We're smarter. We're we, smarter. Yeah. We wanna, yeah. yeah, more frugal. <laughs> Skillshare is a sponsor of today's episode of Asian Boss Girl. As we adjust to this new normal, all three of us are trying to shake up our routine by discovering new activities to do around the house. It can be overwhelming to figure out where to start, but Skillshare is here to help. Skillshare is an online learning community that offers membership with meaning. Take this time to explore new skills, deepen existing passions, and get lost in creativity with classes from Skillshare. I've always enjoyed cooking and spending time in the kitchen. However, I tend to stick with my usual dishes and recipes. As I was scrolling through Skillshare, I thought I'd try something new and give baking a shot. I was excited to try classes like how to make authentic Parisian traditional chocolate croissants and know your dough. It was so much fun, I got to share my goodies with the ladies. 
Skillshare is also incredibly affordable, especially when compared to pricey in-person classes and workshops. An annual subscription is less than $10 a month. Explore your creativity at Skillshare.com ABG and get two free months of premium membership. That's right, Skillshare is offering Asian Boss Girl listeners two free months of unlimited access to thousands of classes. Head to Skillshare.com ABG. Hi, ABGs and ABBs. If you've ordered merch from us at AsianBossGirl.com shop, ShipStation has been the service that helps us get our tees shipped to you. When you're selling online, getting a lot of orders out fast can be tough. How do you keep track of who gets what? Which shipping carrier should you use? Are you getting the best rates? ShipStation has been an easy and affordable way for us to manage and ship out all of our orders. They help online sellers of any size get orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keep customers happy. No matter if you're selling on Amazon, Etsy, or your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface and works with all the major carriers including USPS, FedEx, UPS, and even Amazon Fulfillment. Right now, Asian Boss Girl listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use offer code ABG. Make sure your business is ready to meet the demands of delivery culture. Get started at ShipStation.com today. Click on the microphone at the top of the ShipStation homepage and type in ABG. That's ShipStation.com, then enter offer code ABG. ShipStation.com, make ship happen. Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swathers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swathers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swathers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. All right. Let's talk about um, your domestication. In your 20s, was it important for you to keep a clean house? Like, did you do your laundry? Did you like to decorate? Um, And has that changed at all now that you're in your 30s? Sorry. I remember going to Phil's place and he's like, oh, I got that. I was like, oh, some sticks in a pot? He's like, I bought this. He's like, I bought this in decoration. I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) It was at Ikea. So I was like, people buy this. (laughs) If it's a product, that means people are buying it to decorate their home. So I'm going to buy it. And therefore, oh my, my home is decorated. But yeah, it's very different than in your 20s when it's like any item in your home was like essential in furniture. It wasn't mm. decor, right? Oh, man. Yeah. Like I, I got through all of my 20s with uh, the, what is it called? The mattress spring. 
No, no, no. What do you call it? The box, box spring. Frame. The box spring is like your your bed frame. I I always saw people that had like the nice mm. bed frames with posts and everything. I'm like, what's uh, the point of that? That's true. Like you're asleep when you're even you're not enjoying it while you're like while you're asleep. But I would so I would only have the metal the metal bars at the bottom mm. and the wheels and that was it. And I was fine with that. Mm. I actually have thought about that for like kids because my sister has a pretty mm. high bed and their kids have fallen off a number of times. Yeah. And it's just like I think it makes sense to have like a low low bed. Even mm. our bed now is, is low. But at yeah. least it's a it's a bed, but like a bed yeah. frame. How about for you, Tim? I want to say I'm not a neat freak, but I definitely want things to have a spot. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't. I remember going to your place. Like, yeah, you don't. Your your room wasn't clean. <laughs> I mean, don't come over unannounced. <laughs> I will say I never really cared too much about decor, but it's probably more of a function of the place not feeling like it was mine or it was shared or maybe too small that it was worth doing. There wasn't really a way to add my own touch. So you know what? Why bother? When I finally moved into my own place, that's when I started to care. That's true. Because you can't, you have no one else to blame if it's dirty. <laughs> mm. It's like those, those are definitely my dishes. That's that, definitely, that's you know, my socks, you know, and everything. So um, I think like when I was just got graduated, you know, mid 20s, all I had was my room. Mm. And like I cared about my room for sure. Like I wanted that to look like, you know, cool and fun and whatever. But like outside of that living room was just one couch, mm-hmm. a beanbag maybe, you know, <laughs> like. <laughs> And then, like, the dining table, like, who needs a dining table? You're eating in your room, probably. Mm, that's actually very true. I will admit, I always had this one chair that would become the laundry chair. I think everyone has it. Or basically, the clothes wouldn't be dirty. And I would look at it and say, eh, it's okay. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. No, we have that, too, in our bathroom, where it's like, you can rewear this again. It's not that dirty, yeah, so yeah, just yeah. fold it and put it there. You know, it's yeah. so yeah. funny. I literally just bought a chair so I could have that chair. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's how you know you're aging and you're maturing. You get it when you get things for like a specific purpose. That's when you're old. Yeah, <laughs> it's not on the floor, so you're good. And then, yeah, Helen, her big pet peeve is like, yeah, we don't decorate. I'm, I'm very not into decorating, not because like I don't see the value in it, but for me, it's like if I'm gonna put something up. It needs to be really meaningful. I know, I know. There's like, there's a part of me that just wants to buy some random artwork and just put it up because I think once it's up, you're gonna leave it up. Mm. Yeah, because I, because yeah. I also don't care enough to take it down. Yeah, I'm, I'm that indifferent about my decorating. But when I go to like a nice hotel or someone's house that's really well decorated, I like, I'm like, it. this is yeah. great. We should have this. Yeah. yeah. So how would you guys describe your style now? Like your clothing choice, your fashion. How is that different between your 20s and your 30s? I've had a difficult relationship with style and fashion my whole life (laughs) (laughs) i've always appreciated people that dress well but at the same time i've never wanted to put in my own effort to achieve those looks either but then when i am forced to i like how i look so i I just things never connect to a point where i do it every day and care every day Mm. if that makes sense Mm. but so i think my style has been very much the same throughout like like are you decades. are you like asking for help right now <laughs> <laughs> no are you like helen dress me <laughs> my style in my 20s was a lot of wong fu t-shirts i mean what are you wearing right now and then my style <laughs> now in my 30s is a lot of bopo mofo t-shirts <laughs> seriously like i do just do a rotation of like bopo yeah. mofo t-shirts i don't think i've seen mm. a non-labeled shirt on you in a long time five years ago he used to like circulate his like you know a like, short like buttoned like uh polka dotted t-shirt i i did i used to like oh i went through a phase in in my 20s where when we went to asia a lot i would love shopping in asia and getting stuff there because it was more unique mm. it was better fitted and i felt american male style clothing was really boring mm. so i liked getting stuff overseas for me i think um i don't really have a good label for my style but i definitely transitioned from this looks good to now this fits well right Mm. to me you can wear all kinds of styles if you are 
that's your persona, but it's all about it fitting on you well, right? So when Phil talks about, you know, getting clothes in Asia, that was like one of the first times I got like a shirt that was more, you know, slim fit. And mm. I was like, oh, this looks way better than my elbows and arms like swimming in this random shirt I'm <laughs> buying from, you know, a department store. Yeah. yeah. And so now like, I, yes, I do tend to buy things that are a little more simple, more like about color and pattern, not like a bunch of logos all over it, yeah. but it is more about the fit. So I, I end up going back to brands or stores that fit me well. Mm. What stores are those in brands? Um, so I would say the mix is probably Banana Republic, J. Crew, Nordstrom. Those, those fit you well. I feel like those are made for like white people. I would say Banana Republic actually does fit me well. Oh, okay. J. Yeah, Crew I've heard that for Asian women as mm. well. Banana Republic. Yeah, J. Crew depends on the actual item. Yeah. Um, and then Nordstrom or Bloomingdale's has the variety of brands, right? So mm-hmm. you just find you know oh. which one looks interesting and you try it on and it's just always like mixed messaging to me because it's like the extra slim fit things at like department stores are like <laughs> the things that like fit me just fine i'm like i don't think i'm extra slim fit but i guess to like a, a the typical american shopping at macy's mm, yeah. or whatever anyways like i don't like shopping that's the thing i hate shopping so that's why i just whatever's whatever i have i just kind of go with and also i think what it is is i remember, oh dude in in high school and college i actually used to care a lot about fashion like i used to have like sneakers that mm-hmm. would match my hat that would match my shirt all that stuff and then afterwards i stopped caring because i realized when you're not going to school people aren't seeing you every day so mm. what's the like there's no, no one to impress, impress. <laughs> exactly <laughs> and now if i'm like you know at here at wong fu or both mofo it's like i think i'm like a functional reformed person now right mm-hmm. so it's like i only need to just close myself to like go to work and mm. that's about it yeah sorry Helen's <laughs> <laughs> face is like eh. and is it, and I feel like a lot of people are like are known for like a lot of the most famous people like are known for like just like their basic look you know like mm. just like you know Bruce Springsteen just like white white t-shirt and jeans mm. like I'm, I'm going for the classic look yeah totally okay actually I went through a phase where I was like I'm willing to pay for a personal shopper mm. because I just yeah. really hate going out and trying mm. to find stuff mm-hmm. and when I can't find it it's so frustrating because like I'll be at a mall or whatever and I'm like I have money I want to spend can someone make something that I want to purchase mm. or that fits me right and when you can't find it, it's really frustrating so I mean and there's so many of these companies now that will do yeah. like personal mm-hmm. styling right and that I think is, is exactly maybe I'll what try is. that maybe yeah. I'll try that you'll get exposed to some new styles that maybe you never thought about you know what it is though I think Tim brought up a good point because I don't know if it's like an Asian thing but growing up I never thought about going to a tailor it's like oh whatever I buy from the store should fit me exactly the way it should but then a lot of people now when I buy things I'm like oh I, I could just get it fitted Mm. Send a little bit extra money to mm, get it tailored, but true. I think it's like a concept that we don't really do a lot. Like I only get like my dresses hung if it's like a special occasion, but on a day to day, I don't really spend that extra money. But because I do think fit is really important, but right. we don't want to take that extra step sometimes. I, I never knew people even did that. Yeah, because I, I didn't even know tailors existed like <laughs> for, for a very long time. Because I was like, wait, that that's the thing you people do. Here's a question for Phil: When was the first time you got a suit tailored? Uh, ooh. Probably like, yeah, like in my 20s, like late 20s, probably. Suits are different. Suits like that. I understood very early on that you have to get it, you know, adjusted and stuff um, because like it's made in a way to be like Mm. tailored. But then when I when I heard about people like fixing their jeans and stuff or like like your day to day. Yeah, I was like, wait, you guys are really care about your jeans. (laughs) Actually, but, that's true. I think I've only tailored a dress, like a, a bridesmaid's dress mm-hmm. once. Oh, and also when we went to a gala or something. But that's also, that. maybe that's that it also means that you've been able to find clothes that fit you. Because I've had like past girlfriends that were like, I've had to mm-hmm. tailor stuff my whole life because mm-hmm. it, like my legs are too short for whatever. Or, right, yeah, right. that's true. Have you ladies had a tailor or anything? I probably should have and I just don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. It's a look. <laughs> I actually started tailoring just like recently because I'm like, I bought these jeans online. I didn't fit. I was like, oh, I wasn't just give it away. I was like, wait, I'm actually 
I want to be wasting money. Yeah. I should want to spend a little more so I could wear this because I my concept is I understand the, like a gown or a suit, but if something I'm wearing every single day, I'll spend that extra yeah. effort. That might arguably be more important. Yeah. yeah, that's true. What were your financial goals in your twenties versus what are your financial goals now? I think my twenties was about um, feeling financially independent from my family. And, you know, getting your first job and making sure you paid off any of your debts, loans, whatever. Um, in my 30s, I think now I have a better sense of my income and my finances that it's about obviously saving, also investing, and also having, you know, fun things to spend your money on, you know. So, you know, for me, like taking trips, I always want to take at least, at least one big trip with my friends or family a year. So making sure that I, you know, save up in the right way that I can carve that out and take that trip without kind of worrying about, oh, am I going to have to come back and eat bread out of a, out of a dumpster, you know, for example. Because you did that in your 20s. Well, you know, <laughs> Ralph's and Vaughn's throw the day out bread. It's not so bad. <laughs> it's just a legality, guys. I'm, I'm kidding, by the way. Yeah, suggested expiration date. It's so funny, like, I think because you had a, a stable job, you could make those plans in your 20s. Mm. But for me, like... I was just, it was just about survival. Like I was like, I don't know when the next thing's coming along. And it's really it was really I hate this word, but like it really was like the hustle of like, how can I make another buck? How can I how can this piece of content or how can this product, how do we market this? How do we just make a little bit more money? And so it really was just about save, 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 generate, 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 whatever way you could. Before I knew it, I was like, Oh, I've generated a good amount and I can go do these things, right? Comfortably, or like, oh, I don't have to worry as much. So I, I never had any kind of financial planning <laughs> at all in my 20s. I didn't even get a credit card until after college. So like that was really dumb of me like to build credit anyways. Um, and then so now in my 30s, now that I, I have like, you know, whatever my savings and net stake and things like that. Now I'm just thinking about, oh my God, I have to save even more because family is going to cost money. Kids are going to cost money. So now I feel like there's the ceiling of like what I need to to have and build up is like, I can't even see what that is because I don't know how much kids cost. I assume a lot, you know, so I just need to save and generate as much as I can to get that house, get the kids with all, the, all this stuff. It's very nerve wracking, actually. Maybe a little bit of a tangent, but one thing I would encourage is that in your 20s, like, don't just think about only saving. You should be thinking about living life because in your 30s, some of your friends will be married or maybe have kids. And it changes some of the opportunities of trips you could take together mm -hmm. or things that you might do together right so i mean i think i was lucky that a lot of my friends were able to do even if it was simple still things outside the norm where we weren't you know again like worried about eating tomorrow's dinner we could still take some fun trips or do some fun things um but i think when i look back uh, i'm glad i did some of the things in my 20s and i wish i had done some more things in my 20s right so Balancing those finances early on and just paying attention to it, I think can really open up some doors. What's that saying where it's like live or invest for, invest like for a day. Invest for a better day tomorrow. No, no, no. no. Oh, it's like something, for, <laughs> something like for the days and then something for the week and then something for like your 10 years or something. Have, I don't you, know. have you heard that? So something like bank logo. <laughs> <laughs> Plan in decades, think in years, work in months live in days you when you think about savings for the long-term yeah. future mm -hmm. that's like you investing in your retirement mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for you and thinking about saving for tomorrow that is like putting money in the bank right mm -hmm. and then for you quote unquote saving for today it's like what is the thing you want to like spend money on it might be buying something it might be moving to a new place mm -hmm. it might be taking a trip right so it is important i think be responsible 
learn of what saving money means Mm -hmm. and at the same time my encouragement is like don't lose sight of you should enjoy your life throughout your 20s and your 30s yeah how would you describe your relationship with your parents when you were in your 20s uh, versus now oh damn Ooh, deep deep question i think in my 20s that's when i started to feel like an adult and also that my parents respected me as an adult and now in my 30s um, you know, my parents are starting to advance in age a little bit. And so there's a kind of a caretaker component that's starting to come into my mentality. So, I mean, they're totally healthy. They live on their own. But I now do have that mindset and the means to actually support my parents versus how I maybe didn't before. And I didn't think about that at all in my 20s. It was more like you're starting to view me as your peer and maybe not so much as your kid. And there's that transition. I mean, it's gradual, but it goes all the way up into your 30s. Mm-hmm. I think I, I don't have that. And I think it's because um, I, I basically have lived away from home ever since 17, essentially. Like when I left for college, mm-hmm. I never went back, basically. And so I feel like even though in my 20s and I was like starting to earn money or like stability was coming, and even now 30s, like my parents still see me as like, like not an equal like, or that they still have to, like, worry about me and everything. That might be a little bit from me being, like, the youngest, mm-hmm. the only boy also. But I think it's also maybe because they just, they're not around me enough to see that I'm a functioning adult, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Right, right. Um, and so that that caretaker role, which I think maybe that's where, it, that's, that's where it might start from when they have to rely on you to be taken care of. Like, I don't have that. Mm-hmm. And very grateful for my sister who is still up in the Bay like she has that a lot more. I'm just like the son that's just out there doing stuff that they are worried about and don't know, you know. So, um, but I think I think the the biggest thing that shifted in my 20s and now in my 30s, like, is when you start to humanize your parents. Mm. I think when it, when it first clicked with me when when I like reach like my late 20s and I it dawned on me that oh this is the age that my parents like left, um, you know Taiwan or like then when they when they immigrated here. And that like blew my mind when I was like, oh, sh-. like I look at my life now and I try to imagine it, just leaving, you know, and not knowing anyone, not knowing a language and trying to start a new life somewhere else. I just had this totally different respect and understanding of of what they had gone through. And that, that, that definitely came in the 20s that wasn't there before. So in terms of mental health, how did you take care of yourself in your 20s? And how does that look different now in your 30s? I don't think I ever took care of my mental health. Ooh. Getting real here. Wait, I thought you did. How? I thought you told me you were your Wang Fu shorts. Oh, therapy. That, uh, <laughs> oh, oh, that was, was that mental health. But was, was that, that in your twenties or was that in your? That 20s? was in my thirties. That was definitely my thirties, and like that, that was more like just emotion. I, I guess that. I'm like so like not in tune with what what it is. I don't even like when it's even happening. I don't even recognize it. <laughs> I can't even call a spade a spade. I never thought of it that way, but I guess, yeah, like the Wong Fu shorts were an outlet. And because people responded positively to it and encouraged it, I guess that that was a way for me to feel um, healthy in a sense that, oh, me expressing these thoughts and these feelings, these challenges is good. So while I never in my 20s never like sat down with anyone or like did any exercises, I guess it, it definitely did uh, come through Wong Fu and, and the shorts we made. So very grateful for that opportunity and also the people watching to guide me through my 20s as I was figuring myself out for sure, yeah. But I think in addition to that, it's like also like self-care, right? Yeah. How are you taking care of both your mental health, your self-care, like I see, that's stress, what, anxiety, when I think of mental health, through. that's what I think mm-hmm. of. And so in that sense, I've, ne- I, I don't, I've never dealt with before. 
but then I also don't mind it. So maybe Phil needs to take care of his mental health. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think, I don't know, but I, we had this conversation before for like a couple years ago. I think you're also really big on fitness. And I think that's something you actually picked up more so in your late 20s and you did early 20s. That's physical health, not mental health. <laughs> really? I guess, I guess it's, it's, people do it for different yeah, reasons. It's all, yeah, that's true. That's probably self-care then. Yeah, and I'm the same way. I got more into my physical fitness in my late 20s and my early 30s than before. Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't just about physical fitness. It was actually another way or another outlet for me to actually de-stress when I was having a really tough day. It was a way to transmit my energy somewhere else versus keeping anxiety or stress or pressure on myself if I was just sitting in a room thinking about it alone. So to build on this, in my 20s, I was already very social, but I started to talk more about my deep feelings with my friends. And I think that continued on, you know, as I reached uh, and grew into my 30s. And it's not something I would necessarily talk about during my college years. So interestingly, in my 30s, I've become more comfortable with alone time, which is definitely something I never thought about when I was younger. All right. So the last question for lifestyle is how have the topics of your conversations changed between your 20s and your 30s? What did you guys talk about in your 20s? Uh, you guys were friends in your 20s what did you guys talk about I would say I definitely remember having a lot more convers- like tons of conversations about why doesn't she like me yeah confirmed I want her to like me <laughs> that's like it was I, like, I, and I said this in like the, my commencement speech for UCSD it's like there's only two things people talk about in their 20s it's relationships and love and, and work that's it like love and work that's it that's all you care about finding some type of direction and stability and purpose in those two departments. And I think in your 30s, it shifts into family and um, ambition, maybe, or like, you know, career purpose, I guess. I, I agree with that. And I would also add, I think in your 20s, in your younger 20s, it's more about like you and maybe your friends are your own little universe. And everything that happens in that universe is the most important thing. And over time, the universe expands where you care about things in your community, things in the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's why people in their 30s, like, I hate to say it, like you start reading and watching the news a lot more, Mm -hmm. right? You start paying attention to these issues that in your 20s, maybe you had no idea what was going on. Or didn't care. Or didn't care about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think your conversations will definitely shift um, in that way as well. I definitely didn't talk as much about politics. Yeah. Granted, our political situation was... Actually, that's the thing. Like, I, I always question, like, is it just really bad right now because we're in our 30s or or is it just is it actually bad you know <laughs> right or in, in our 20s was was the government and was our political uh you know environment any actually any better or did we just not care mm-hmm. right it's a good point but you ask like older people and they're like no no this is the worst <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i wonder if it's also a generational thing because i feel like a lot of like maybe i'm just assuming but gen z is very vocal about current day issues so i wonder true. if it's also like a maybe back then we didn't it wasn't like priority for us well i, yeah. I think that comes along with uh information access to information mm, right, true. Right. Very true. and so when there's when technology and like now there's social media that is so prevalent is people growing up with social media versus mm-hmm. us that like learn social media right mm-hmm. so now these gen zers they have never known a time when they couldn't find out about everything right mm-hmm. and if anything they can't even avoid it for us, I think we could still avoid mm-hmm. news, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, but these days you can't. Yeah. I mean, it's all about time, right? So, you know, let's say during our early 20s, social media was just becoming a thing, but it was much more about like, you're my friend. Let me share a picture with you. Yeah. And and also, like, keep in mind, like, iPhones had just come out and mm. they were very primary, right? Fast forward to today, 
you could be out with your friends and literally go to the bathroom and read about the news, right? That's true. And so th- that access is so easy that you can keep up with anything at any point in time yeah. versus we would have to dedicate, okay, I'm at home. I'm going to sit here and watch the news for an hour or read the news. Well, I sound like an old man. Read the news <laughs> on a website, on a, on a website <laughs> or, a, or a magazine or something, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that access is definitely a, a big game changer. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but I think definitely relationships were like, all, all we really like truly truly cared about the most mm-hmm. i think when you're in your 20s you just want to find love mm-hmm. you want you want to be loved right chasing romance <laughs> yeah <laughs> and and you're always like comparing other people's relationships and then also other people's jobs mm-hmm. so it's just it's just i feel like the 20s is like just high school ele- like just elevated a little bit with pe- like high school but now people have money and there's more at stake and then ideally when you get to your 30s it's a little bit less of that and now you're more sure of yourself. And so now that you're more sure of yourself and where you're going, you start, yeah, you have more room to care about politics mm. or your own ambitions or your family now, right? When it was much more selfish in your 20s. Who loves me and how much am I making, mm. right? Yeah. I mean, I'll maybe close this off by saying that as your topics change within your conversations, that actually keeps friends really close together along the way or you end up finding newer friends that match your conversation interests or style yeah. right Very and true. there's there's most of the time no love loss it's just a natural progression in time right. yeah abg might not have been able to exist when you all were both in your early 20s that's true wait why because <laughs> you we might have had different or, yeah we wouldn't have wanted to talk about these things no because we would have all been talking about boys and work also is that, <laughs> is that, would you agree like this is that where where y'all were at when when in your 20s versus 30s is that was what we were saying like a, a pretty similar assessment yeah yeah, I would say from, yeah, definitely, like, topically about, like, relationships and dating and then um, about work, right? Um, and I think a lot of the focus, it's ego-driven. It's about mm-hmm. identity. What yeah. is, who am I? And, like, what is helping me? What am I achieving? And then I think in your 30s, it does go more outer. Um, and then even even if you are still talking about your job or your relationships, it's about what you can give or um, and what you contribute. Yeah. And more of, like, a legacy, I guess, than, yeah. than it is mm-hmm. about, like, what you're getting i would definitely agree with that yeah i agree too i think it was always like the hot or not or who's like you know that type of conversation and it was a i think also it depends on what extracurriculars you did too so my my world was very much consumed by volleyball and so a lot of my activities and things like that would be volleyball related stuff Mm -hmm. and then just talking about like relationships and like i think there was a lot of gossip gossip yeah Yeah, people like to gossip and feel like they were part of something and that's why people gossiped Mm -hmm. so they can form their cliques and feel like they were part of something yeah honestly the topic of boys have not really changed for me it's very been, true it's been pretty consistent Dude, mel's like most uh most asked question is which of our friends do you think i would date wait, I, <laughs> wait no i'm not yes, not what is. i date it's who janet date don't deflect on me <laughs> <laughs> no but I, I i think for me like when you guys were talking i maybe it also depends on what career or like career path you're on because i feel like i was actually pretty ambitious after college i was chasing this Versus, like, I think finding that out, but I think reality set in for me as I entered my late 20s and about and self-confidence really came through. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of accepting that happens in your 20s or towards, like, the later half. Like, I think before I was kind of, like, didn't understand, like, oh, you don't, under-, like, I-, I had this phase where I'm like, oh, you don't get chasing a passion. It's, like, the only thing that you should be doing. I didn't understand, like, oh, people value other things. Mm-hmm. So, under- mm-hmm. like, the idea of empathy and understanding came stronger towards the later half of my 20s well i think something that um people in their 20s struggle a lot with is obviously figuring out what their career is if they're going to stay in there for a long period of time so now that you are both in your mid-30s one 
are you passionate about your job? Are you happy with your job that you currently have? I am passionate about my job in terms of I work in healthcare, essentially, and I like the fact that the product that my team and I work on is something that's going to benefit people. As a marketer, what's challenging for me is that I'm also in an industry that's very regulated. So sometimes my creativity is curbed on a day-to-day basis. Um, So it's kind of that natural tension of I think I'm in a good position where I'm doing something that's, again, impactful. And there's maybe a part of me that isn't always satisfied. Mm-hmm. Um, so to be honest, yeah, I do think about could I take the skill sets I have in a very established career and maybe like slightly pivot them to something different. And I still appreciate that I think I've made some good accomplishments in my career that I feel very confident with mm-hmm. what I've done. Is this a career that you've had since you were in your right after college? No, actually, I had a very interesting path. I graduated uh, with a science degree and was a very isolated chemist slash biologist for a couple of years. Isolated. Yeah, no, and I, and I mean, yeah, you work I, in LA. Literally, yeah. I would go into into my office, put on my protective gear, and go to the lab for like eight hours a day. How talk, many years was it nobody. like? How many years was it like this? About two years. It's so funny that you're like, oh, like my path was very unique and and different. And like to someone in the arts and the creative arts, I'm like, oh, so you're in science for the last 10, like, <laughs> like you were in science. <laughs> like, what's, no, it's the, true. what's the variability there? But of course, yeah, there's. No, I think, yeah. I mean, the, the big difference is I think for people who are in the lab and who are scientists, they appreciate the long journey Mm -hmm. to eventually get that satisfaction of like my experiment worked right i've discovered something right and for me i'm like this is so slow i have no one to talk to i hate this yeah so very quickly after that i realized like there's no way i could stay in this type Mm. of career so in your 20s you were more in that career for the stability part of it and then you start you start understanding like what is it that you really want and now you're this like stage performer marketing type guy (laughs) right that's like dancing around the stage um no i mean i and what i do like about you know my career is that i do again get to get a chance to understand and touch the science yeah but it is a very dynamic group oriented driving the business mm-hmm. type of uh career now right and that that's very different than where i was before Interesting. and i think for that it was not a natural progression it was self-realization mm-hmm. if i didn't take certain steps to pivot myself i could have been trapped in that for 10 to 15 years mm-hmm. right I, I think yeah obviously my my path was a little different but i will say that Right after graduating, when I saw so many of my friends get internships or go into like n- nice nine to five jobs or even just go to grad school, I felt very, very um, inadequate. And this was, keep in mind, this was like in the 2000s, right? So, so you know, e- even the concept of like having a job in some type of digital social media was like completely non-existent. Yeah. So I felt even more like, what, what am I doing? And it's funny, like, you know, I think one of the best things that I realized, and this applies to both, you know, doesn't matter what gender you are. It's like, I think when you're, when you come out of your twenties, like you, you think that you don't realize actually how long 10 years is, you know, Mm. like, and that a lot of things can happen in that time. And I I remember, you know, it clicked one day where I was like, oh, five years passed since, you know, we were out of uh, college. And I had friends that did those jobs that, you know, that they, that I envied or that I thought were like so great. And five years passed like that and they hated their jobs. Right. And they were already looking I mean, similar to like what you did. Right. And it's like, oh, like you could spend five years, half a decade in this one job and still have half a decade left to do something completely different. Right. And so there's actually a lot of time to, to figure things out and to experience mm-hmm. different things. And it's yeah, like you're not you're never like locked in. Um, 
So for me, I, I, I feel very fortunate that, you know, I, I was able to find something early on. And obviously we, we evolved uh, with the times, but yeah, I'm pretty satisfied with the job now, <laughs> uh, with the work. That satisfaction didn't come like easily. I, I, I definitely wasn't like, oh, I'm, I'm in the yards. I'm proud of what I do. I think most people in, in creative fields always second guess themselves if, yeah. if they're mm-hmm. if they're doing the right thing yeah. but I, I always tell people like hey like even if you do have a creative side of you and you don't go into it as your job like you can always keep it as a hobby make it something that makes your dating profile interesting you know something <laughs> like it doesn't not everyone has to make their um side gig their main gig yeah mm-hmm. you guys both share really great advice do you have any additional things you would share to maybe your younger self or other people listening in terms of lifestyle and career i think you know the biggest thing i would say is like don't be afraid to take risks um, there's definitely some things that I think about where maybe I could have taken the risk earlier or just tried something completely new and not worry about the repercussions. Because I think when you get to a certain point, you will decide, Hey, is this for me? And, and time doesn't come back, right? You can't purchase time. So when you're young and maybe you do have a little bit of a safety net from maybe your family being able to support you, or you do have a career that you save some money um, with, you know, don't be afraid to kind of tap into things that really make you happy. Mm. I, I would say that um, a key ingredient of success is time. It's not just how smart you are, um, you know, how connected you are, you know, what internships or whatever. Like, you could have all those things lined up, and sometimes, like, it just takes time for a plant to grow. You can't rush the the that factor. So allow yourself to have that time um, to develop yourself, develop yourself in your career. Um, and listen and be mindful of when you're seeing, if we're using the tree analogy, you're seeing, oh, this branch is starting to grow, you know, like where is that, how, how big and how strong is that branch going to be in a little bit more time? Right. And so, um, yeah, never, never feel like you got to know where you're going right away or within a year or whatever. Like one of the most annoying things is like when I hear, you know, even just like social media or digital creators, they're like, Oh, I've been doing YouTube for like a year and I'm still not. I'm like, dude, it takes time. You know, like, Mm -hmm. and I think that's in in any, I think what it is is like when you're in like grad school or you're going to be a doctor or you're in corporate America, that timeline is very clear for you of what, of what you're supposed to be hitting. But I think when you don't have that structure, sometimes like you're never sure if you're actually on the right schedule. So you start doubting if you're going fast enough or not. Mm. Right. With med school, it's like, Oh, I'm going to be here for eight years. Mm -hmm. So I can't rush that. So you're, it's, there's almost like some comfort knowing. Of course. Stability. There's some structure. Yes. Great advice. Such sage advice from our older men. Hi, everyone. We wanted to share with you a new podcast called The Bonnet Chronicles. You may know Tammy Roman from season two of The Real World on MTV or Basketball Wives or as an actress and comedian. Tammy is also the creator of The Bonnet Chronicles account on Instagram that features Tell It Like It Is rants and has gained a following that includes Halle Berry, Taraji Henson, Snoop Dogg, Winnie Harlow, Tiffany Haddish, and Pink. Now, Tammy is bringing everything fans have come to expect from Instagram to The Bonnet Chronicles podcast by Starburns Audio. Tammy and her husband, Reggie Youngblood, keep it all the way real as they discuss love, sex, relationships, hot topics, and anything else they want to get into. Kind of like how we do with our podcast. And Tammy's daughters sometimes stop by to give a younger generation's perspective, too. 
Nothing is off limits in the Bonnet Chronicles, and you won't want to miss out on a single episode. Subscribe to the Bonnet Chronicles podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, or wherever you listen to podcasts. New episodes out every Wednesday. All right, thank you so much for joining us in our conversation today, Phil and Tim. This is super fun, interesting, and definitely a good follow-up to the episode 58 where we talked to Jason and Mike, two guys in their mid-20s. You all definitely offered a good mature perspective of lifestyle and career changes, and we'll continue this conversation in part two where we talk about love and dating. Uh, Yeah, it's been fun, and we can't wait to get into part two. We also have some partnerships that we're happy to share with all of our listeners. Uh, you can look for the links and codes in our show notes and also uh, head to our website at asianbossgirl.com partners. You can also find us on all the podcasting platforms. We are Asian Boss Girl. Follow us on Spotify, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, and leave us a rating and review. And if you'd like to support us through monthly donations, you can do so at anchor.fm slash asianbossgirl slash support. We're also very active on social. Our handle is at Asian Boss Girl. If you resonated with today's topic, screen cap the podcast, tag us, and we can reshare on our IG story. Also find us on YouTube where we have started posting some videos. Subscribe at Asian Boss Girl. And thank you to our super talented editor, Michelle, for working all her magic on our episodes, including this one. Catch you on the next episode. Bye. Bye. See you soon. Bye.